Hello, and welcome to The Quiet Out Loud. I'm going to do something completely different today, you guys. I don't have a script, so usually I have a well-thought-out, several-page-long script uh, when I do the podcast, but today I just have some thoughts that are kind of running through my mind as I think about just the election and kind of just things that are going on in our culture and what the Christian response is or should be. So these are just, again, kind of some thoughts that I'm having around everything that we're kind of watching go on in the, particularly in the U.S. Obviously that's where I'm located and, you know, we're just went through our midterm elections here. So, you know, one of the things that I think we see with this midterm election is that the young voter um, really made an incredible difference in the outcome of this election. And we have a pretty big, sizable gap between what Gen Z is thinking and wants from politics versus, you know, Gen X, millennials, elder millennials, which I would fall into, um, and then obviously boomers and so forth. So, but Gen Z was a very, you know, powerful voice in this current election. And just some thoughts that I had about that is, and you know, I engage in TikTok with some TikTok videos. I don't love TikTok as a whole. I think it's um, really just a cesspool of content. But, you know, I have said before, and I would say it again, that you can't be afraid to go there. I feel like as a Christian, um, that it's a battleground, like it's a spiritual battle battleground. And what we, I think what we see in this election is where, you know, um, Gen Z and that generation is very influenced by social media, very influenced by TikTok. That is where they hang out. That is where they get their information. Those are the people that they watch and they spend their time being entertained by. So when you think about like people like, um, uh, Dylan, I don't, I can't, I'm sorry. I don't know how his last name is Mulvaney, um, who is the transgender TikTok star who went to the white house, who I have talked about on my previous podcast episodes, that stuff works. Like that stuff works. You have a generation of people um, watching, you know, I think he has like 9 million followers on TikTok. So a very large voice and they are changing culture, which is then changing politics. And we have, you know, like my generation and those a little bit younger than me and those a little bit older than me, like kind of sitting back and being like, what's going on? And how does, how is this happening? And what are they thinking? And you know what, one of the things is that we, I'm going to be all over the place today, you guys. So just bear with me. Cause again, I don't have a script, but one of the things that I think that we're witnessing is that there isn't a lot of respect for older generations. And that is something I think that is a little bit unique to the U S in that, um, we really don't appreciate, wisdom, um, especially, um, youth. And, and I think, you know, I would say this is true even for me as a kid. That's why I think it's not just a, like this current generation, like, isn't very respectful of, you know, their elders. It's probably started much earlier, um, than just Gen Z. So something that we're, you know, being has, we have seen kind of develop over time, but because we don't value our, 
um, parents, grandparents, you know, older people in our life, we, we think they're, they're, you know, silly and dumb and old fashioned need to be like put in a nursing home and just, you know, kept quiet. And when we create that kind of culture, like, what do we expect that the youth who think they know everything, even though they've experienced nothing when they, you know, vote or live their lives in a way that is shocking to us, why they don't respect us because why should they have we have we earned it have we demanded it have we asked for their respect or have we tried to just be their friend like that's kind of been the trend that i've seen i mean i'm a parent i have kids you know that parents over the years have really wanted to be their children's friend versus their um parent right and and to discipline and to guide and um yeah so i think it's a multifaceted um issue that we see going on with Gen Z and kind of how we got there. But one of the things that I wanted to focus on is what I feel like I see is a lack of Christians engaging in culture. And I'm really sorry if you hear my dog barking in the background, but, um, and you know, why, why are Christians so afraid to engage in culture. And one of the reasons why is I feel like, you know, I see, I'm going to name a couple of, of reasons, but I talked a little bit about this on my Instagram when I talked about, um, um, Halloween as well and why, you know, Christians won't, you know, or choose not to engage in Halloween is because they feel like they're set apart. And I talked about this in my Instagram stories is that, um, you know, I see a lot of Christians using this, um, excuse, I'm going to say excuse, which sounds a little harsh, but you know, since using this excuse of, well, I'm, I'm set apart. So I don't engage in these cultural topics or, um, in, you know, in these debates because you know what Christians are to be set apart. We're not supposed to be like kind of in the fray. And I, want to call BS on that, honestly, because that is not the example that we see in the scripture. It's not the example that we see from Jesus. When it says to be set apart, you're, you're supposed to be, you are set apart spiritually. You are marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is how you are set apart. You're not physically set apart. You're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And what we see the early disciples doing was engaging in culture and changing the culture and preaching the truth and sharing a, a different way than what the culture was doing. They were very engaged in, in, you know, heathenistic cultures. So this idea of like being set apart, which means like you don't participate, like, yes, you don't participate in sinful activities, but you still need to be engaged in culture. And, you know, one of the other things that I see is, um, Christians kind of resting on this idea of, well, it's God's will, it's God's sovereignty. Um, you know, whatever he wants to happen is going to happen anyway. It doesn't really matter what I do, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Listen, God's sovereignty is not a valid reason for you to disengage in politics. It's not a reason for you to not vote. It's not a reason for you to stay away from cultural conversations. Um, just because you think you're quote unquote, keeping the peace, like to me, and again, this sounds probably kind of harsh, but to me, that is very lazy and honestly lukewarm, like, because there, especially if you think you're, you're doing it to keep the peace, because there is no true peace apart from God, if you truly want to bring peace and be a peacemaker, then you need to be bringing reconciliation between God and people. 
Because in, in order to do that, like you're going to have to go change culture. And that's exactly what the early church and disciples did. Now we could go down this whole path of like Christian nationalism. I'd really like to do like a, a, a better and a well thought out podcast, like episode just on Christian nationalism. And I am not saying like, oh, we need to live in a theocracy. Like we need to, and you know, force people to embrace Christianity. Like that is not what I'm saying. Actually, I'm saying like, you need to go change culture that then changes politics. And we are blessed to live in a country where we have the tool of politics that we can use to honor and glorify God, not to, not to force people into Christianity, but to honor and glorify God with our vote and how we, you know, again, like how we engage in politics. And if you are a Christian and you had the opportunity, like if you had the opportunity and the power to vote against murder and mutilation and you passed on it because God's sovereignty, like that was your reason. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man, because like, imagine if Moses, Noah, Esther, Joshua, Mary, Paul, Jesus had all just said like, yeah, you know what? God's in control. He doesn't need me. Like, okay. No, God doesn't need you per se, but he wants you and he wants to use you because he works through his people. Like we, this is what we see throughout the entire Bible with all of the biblical heroes. It is God working through people to do his will. So yes, I think you have to rest in God's sovereignty. Like ultimately, like ultimately, like he is in control, but you still need to be going about your work of building his kingdom on this earth, because that work is the evidence of your faith in him. Faith without works is dead, right? I have said this, I have said this before, and I will say it again, but everything we do is spiritual because we are spiritual beings. We're not just physical beings. We're spiritual beings. And that's why and I actually think this is something that a lot of people can agree on. Even if you're not quote unquote religious, a lot of people who aren't religious still think that we are spiritual beings. That's why they practice things like meditation and yoga and all of these things. Like, um, even if they don't identify as a particular religious group, religious group, there's still a lot of people who will identify as, you know, spiritual. And I think that's because we all know, like there's something indescribable in us. And that's why we're spiritual beings. Like we, you know, a lot of people agree that we have some sort of, you know, soul, something deeper than just our mentality and our physicality. Um, Again, that we have spirituality. And that's why I feel like there's very little neutral ground in what we do. Like we are either furthering God's kingdom or we're, you know, tearing it down. And to me, like staying silent and, you know, again, like disengaging is something that could be destructive potentially to God's kingdom. Like one of the, one of the voices that verses, sorry, one of the verses that I wanted to just you know, that I've been thinking about was again, that I kind of feel people maybe misusing or using as an excuse to disengage is, um, the verse in Exodus, um, chapter 14, verse 14, where it says that, um, I think it's, you know, uh, all you have to do is be still and I will fight for you. Um, is the gist of the verse. That's not exactly it. I'm not reading it word for word. Um, okay, here it is. It says the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And a lot of people, I think like rest on this, like, no, 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 God's going to fight for us. He's going to do the fighting on our behalf. You know what? You still have to show up 
to the fight. And and this verse is really interesting because this is not, this was not like, go take a vacation and God's going to fight for you. This is the, the Israelites standing between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And the verse is hold your ground, stay still, and God will fight for you. And you are going to see him deliver you from the Egyptians. Like that is what's happening. That's the context of this verse. It wasn't like, Hey, go take a vacation and, and, you know, don't worry. God's got this. Like, no, this was don't run, don't run, don't flee, stay, stay still, stay where you are, hold your ground and God will fight for you. But they still had to show up and be there in the fight so that they could witness God fighting on their behalf. I think it's just a little bit different of a perspective than maybe sometimes we use that verse. Like I think sometimes we use that verse as like, again, like a reason to kind of step back and kind of fade into the shadows. Like we're, we're doing the opposite of standing our ground and watching, you know, God fight on our behalf. So I don't know. Those are just my thoughts kind of that were running through my head. Um, over the last day or two, again, I know this is a really different episode and I'm kind of like all over the place with my thoughts, but I just kind of wanted to share some of that with you guys. And again, I really just have a really strong desire for, to, for Christians to really engage in a meaningful and loving and truthful way in our culture. Because I think we, I, I know that we have what everyone is you know, ultimately looking for, which is truth, which is God, which is Jesus, which is salvation. Really want to encourage Christians to engage, to stand your ground. Don't fade into the background, put on the full armor of God and get out there and fight the good fight. Don't be afraid. Like that's one of the big things in the Bible, right? How many times does it say, do not be afraid? And, you know, I think that's what I, I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like there's just a lot of fear. Like there's just a lot of fear of many different things. Some of which is hurting people's feelings. Some of which is being on certain social media platforms because it's potentially scary in some way, shape or form, but there's a place for you to engage in the kingdom of God and to, to allow him to use you to speak boldly, peacefully and truthfully. So, okay. Those are my thoughts for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, I don't know. I would love to do this a little more often where I just kind of like brain dump, um, into an episode and just share my thoughts with you guys. So if you kind of like this, or if you think like, Nope, you got to stick to the very structured podcast, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Thanks guys. Goodbye.